Hey everyone, I just want to remind you to make sure you check out the awesome people over at Anchor.fm. Of course, it is a great place for you to host your own podcast. And guess what? One of the cool parts is that it's totally free. Yeah, that's right, free. There's even creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your computer or even your phone. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many others. Trust me, it's so easy. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. If you guys want to get in on it, make sure you download the free Anchor app or just simply go to anchor.fm to get started. Clash of Champions 2019 is in the books and we had quite an interesting show with not a lot of too many title changes, a couple of interesting surprises, and The Fiend finally makes his presence known. So how did Clash of Champions fare as a pay-per-view altogether? We're going to break it down for you on this week's edition of the Random Wrestling Podcast. And now, OK Faye presents the Random Wrestling Podcast. I have been waiting a long time to say these words, and I'm going to say them right here, right now, tonight. Your number one source for all pro wrestling talk with a comedy twist. Where the hell did Randy Orton come from? He snapped the metal crutch in half. Hey, in the middle. Hey, how you doing, man? Yeah, good to see you. All right, yeah, you wear your little thing, you're looking like a blind nun. All right, hey, do me a favor, park the rock truck. What's going on, everybody? It's yours truly, Connor, a.k.a. K-Fabe. And welcome back, guys, to episode number 98 of the Random Wrestling Podcast, your source for latest news, rumors, gossip, headlines, in world of professional wrestling. You guys, to me, I'm Connor A.K. How K. Fave here, and welcome to uh, the Clash of Champions 2019 review. Sorry I'm a little late. I'm a little later than expected. I was hoping to do this immediately right after uh, the pay-per-view, right here as we're live, right here on YouTube.com slash OKFaber, uh, but unfortunately I wasn't able to do so uh, with all the craziness going on at home, but I wanted to at least get on here as soon as I could and talk to you guys about all the fun stuff that came off of Clash of Champions. Um, Clash of Champions, generally speaking, I think was a, was an okay show, uh, not an okay fame show, but an okay show nonetheless. I think that, uh, Clash of Champions was a very middle of the road show. Um, I, it's not that I, there wasn't bad per se. I think the, the action, the wrestling and, and a lot of the results were pretty uh, average, but I think that's just that there wasn't anything too memorable aside from the amazing ending to the entire pay-per-view, which unfortunately I think most of us saw coming, but was still so badass. So I think really that's kind of where generally Clash of Champions is for me anyway, but we'll break down the entire car in just a few moments. But of course you guys, the routine, you guys know the whole shtick. Always love to hear what you guys have to say. So love to hear your thoughts on Clash of Champions. Champions. Hit me up in the comments. Hit me up on social media, Twitter, Facebook, all that fun sh stuff. Uh, social media links are in the description. And of course, make sure you guys subscribe. Hit the bell so you're notified every time a video drops into your subscription service. Of course, we've been doing the OK Fame show almost uh, daily now, which has been uh, an interesting treat. So if you guys want Raw, SmackDown, NXT reviews, and coming soon, AEW reviews, make sure you guys subscribe to the channel. It's also available on twitch.tv slash OK Fame and Facebook. So that way you guys can get in on it. Um, through all the different platforms. Of course, we're also on all your major podcasting platforms. We're on Anchor, iTunes, uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and now on iHeartRadio, which is really awesome. Very happy to be partnered up with iHeartRadio, the number one place 
or podcast. So it's really cool uh, that we are on there. Of course, you guys want to help support the chat, help or help the stream, help the show grow even further. Streamlabs super chat links are both enabled. We do have a goal they're hoping to hit later on this evening, but of course, any donation would be greatly appreciated. Of course, you can also check out our t-shirts over at the represent store. That's represent.com slash store slash okay babe. And of course, the Patreon page for all the cool bonus goodies. Got some fun stuff coming up there really soon in regards to uh, the whole impact buying, um, or excuse me, I should say Anthem Sports buying Access TV and the rumor that we might be seeing them purchase Ring of Honor soon. That'll be my post on that will be posted very, very soon. So make sure you guys check it out. And of course, got to give our friends our Power Slam over at powerslam.tv. Use that coupon code OKFSLAM and get yourself one month free for all the greatest in indie wrestling. That's, uh, that's powerslam.tv. Use the coupon code OKFSLAM. Let's give some uh, love to the chat real quick. And first and foremost, I know uh, Michael Mugner, uh, who is a regular here, uh, just mentioned that there was a passing of the family. Condolences, Michael, to you and your family. I uh, hope everyone is, is doing okay in this uh, not the most ideal situation, obviously. But condolences to you and your family. We got everybody else also joining us in the chat. We got Jurgen, We got Sean Gordon. We got Brandon Brown in the chat. Monstar Factory Entertainment. Unfortunately, Monstar, I'm sorry. I was trying to uh, join him for his uh, his live reaction, which I believe he does over on his Instagram. So go give him some love on his stuff, too. I was trying to get in there and um, try to be part of the show. But unfortunately, I uh, did not have the chance to get on there. Just bad timing on my part. Uh, Spaz Phoenix is in the house. What's going on, Spaz? Of course, we got Daniel Price. Uh, it's sad uh, commentary on the company and state affairs when both your major singles, Babyface Champions, get booed. Yeah, we'll talk about that. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that. We got Ryan McCormick in the chat. We've got, of course, uh, Crosspeg Vintage Dream. What's going on, Vintage? We got Lorenzo Torres. Long time no see. Good friend. I hope you're doing all right there. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Do, 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 do. Do we've got Matt the Misfit? What is up, Casey Rose? Also joining us here tonight. So a lot of the the OG crew here. Thank you so much, y'all, for coming in. And again, let me know your thoughts on these matches, and uh, let me know your thoughts about all this stuff from the pay per view as we roll through all these matches. So, like I said, generally speaking, I think Clash of Champions was okay. It wasn't anything that it was. Um, uh, too drop dead exciting. There was a not to say that there was anything like horrific about the show um i think there were just matches that kind of made me blah there are things that honestly i was happy about but also made my head explode at the same time which we'll, we'll get into that but let's start off with the actual pre-show so the pre-show of course featured everyone's favorite championship the cruiserweight title being defended no real shock and surprise there dorado humberto carrillo and uh, drew gulak and a triple threat uh not bad obviously love the action with the with the cruiserweights one of the better matches of the entire evening it was interesting to see the clash of styles, though, because Lince and Humberto are more of, um, they're more of, like, obviously faster pace, uh, aerial luchador kind of style, whereas Drew Gulak is the, I'm going to mess you up, I'm going to put you down on the ground and beat you up. Um, great action from all three, but particularly the show is, is revolved around Dorado and Carrillo for the most part, but Gulak is not to not be outshined by anyone, that's for damn sure. Uh, we see a lot of run-ins, basically the idea of, you know, seeing a lot of uh, the same formula that you see in most triple threats, where two guys start, uh, you know, you have the three, one gets knocked off, two gets focused, and you just kind of rotate that third guy around. And triple threat matches in general are really hard to pull off. So being able to, to have uh, a great triple threat cruiserweight match is all the more fun. 
So uh, definitely enjoyed this matchup. We see Dorado going for a shooting star press, but Carrillo moves. Carrillo drops Lince with a kick to the head, and then Carrillo hits the Aztec press from the corner on Dorado. But of course, Gulak, in a very quick th thinking effort, instantly picks him up, throws him into the uh, into the ring post, and of course, uh, uh, rolls up Dorado to get to pin the retain. So uh, I'm glad Gulak retained, as I said in the in the in the preview show, which we did on Friday on the OK Fabe show, that. I think going into the uncertainty of 205 Live, with we're not really sure exactly what the hell they're going to be doing with that brand. Uh, I think you need someone who's been a long-term champion, so I don't expect them to change things up. And not to d disrespect Carrillo or um, Lince Dorado, they haven't really built up a top babyface yet to dethrone Drew Gulak. So not yet, Mon Frere, but maybe in the near future. Now, what really shocked me was the other match that we got on the kick. <laughs> Love the morning show, man. Hi to the cool people in the chat. Cheap plug, Guapo and I did a lengthy video previewing the upcoming Wednesday Night War. Awesome. Spaz Phoenix dropping that $5 Canadian Super Chat donation. Thank you so much for dropping that off. And uh, go check out his channel if you want to hit to get his thoughts on uh, Clash of Champions going into the show. So, of course, Spaz also does his own uh, awesome stuff on his channel. So, go give him some love. Much appreciation. But the other match that actually was really uh, surprising to be on the pre-show was the United States Championship, and I saw a lot of people uh, was a lot of people were pretty upset over the fact that AJ Styles was regulated to the pre-show and uh, or the kickoff, whatever pre-show kickoff, the pre-kickoff show. There we go. We'll call it that, the pre-kickoff show. And I can't say I blame them, but at the same time, this matchup was very. I don't want to say I don't want to say this in a negative term, but it was very basic. When you think AJ Styles versus Cedric Alexander, you think you're going to get yourself some like insane stuff um, because of well the type of abilities that these two men have. Cedric, a former cruiserweight champion, AJ's reputation speak for itself. You figure you're going to get yourself some really insane shit. Um, it's not that they didn't give us good stuff, not that whatsoever, but I use the analogy of I felt like we only were staying in like first gear, which is fine if they're going to continue this. Now, I originally thought that this was going to be uh, the upset. You know, we have to have some title changes here this evening, right? It's Clash of Champions. You can't have every... You have 11 matches. There are 10 titles. You can't tell me that there's going to be 10 champions retaining. Someone has to lose a belt tonight. And I thought it would be this one. I thought this would be the shocking one. And even more so on the kickoff show, I'm like, well, that just increases the chances of it happening. Uh, and especially where apparently, and, and I was unbeknownst to this, they made this announcement literally moments before uh, the match happened. Like, oh, by the way, the U.S. title's on the kickoff show. Um, but the matchup was fun. We saw a lot of great back and forth with Cedric and AJ. Uh, no interference from the OC during the match, which I thought was, which, which is nice. Um... But uh, afterwards, and I'll get to that in the end when we, we talk about the ending a little bit here, but that's basically my thought process is that it was a very solid match, but it felt like it could have gone so much more. But then again, I should have realized that we were in Charlotte, which was which is Cedric Alexander's home uh, hometown, which means that the hometown boy never wins. So unfortunately, Cedric was up, uh, up the river without a paddle. Uh, so... <laughs> so with Cedric versus AJ, I thought, okay, AJ retained... Fine, that that's fine. I'm not like horribly bummed. I told you guys in the in the preview that I was like, okay, the idea of of them fighting and uh, you know, truth be told, doesn't matter who wins. I think we're gonna get a good match, and we did get a good match. Um, but the fact that AJ decided to take the 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 initiative and actually like motion the OC and then did a 301 beatdown makes me hope that this isn't the end. 
And it also makes me hope is in the end because if again the idea of this these guys are only going into first gear, which means we haven't seen, we, we have not seen the best of AJ Styles versus Cedric Alexander, folks. We definitely have not seen the best of them. When we do see the best of them, it's going to be so much more. And that's what I'm kind of hoping for. I'm kind of hoping for rematches because these two I feel like could go over and over. I feel like this is a, a, one of those matches where we could definitely pump out a couple months worth of really solid action. Got <laughs> Mandy's move should be the VAJ trigger. I I I. Oh jeez, Mandy's move should be the <laughs> the trigger. Thank you, Spaz, for the two dollar Canadian super chat donation. I uh, don't know about that, but thank you anyway for the two dollar donation. Um, so it just makes me think that they're gonna keep on this going because why else would AJ decide to just beat up Cedric Alexander? Um, you know, Cedric got the pinfall on. The go home raw at the garden. So I get, you know, it's an excuse to put the match together. I hope they just find an excuse to continue this. And we'll talk about this more on the OK Fabe Show tomorrow, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. As we preview Raw, talk a little bit about the Clash of Champions and maybe some other fun little tidbits in between. But the actual Clash of Champions pay-per-view kicked off with the Raw tag team title match of Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler, which some people called Rudolph. I thought that was absolutely effing hilarious against the team of Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman. Obviously, Seth and Braun will be fighting later on for the Universal Championship. Um, I'm not saying that this matchup was bad either. Just a very run-of-the-mill match. But at the same time, something that really made me uh, put a smile on my face was the chemistry between Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler, also known as Rudolph. But... Uh, the the ending was pretty much we knew exactly where things were gonna go. Um, I think everybody knew that Seth was probably gonna be one that was gonna get pinned. Uh, I did like the ending. I thought that was somewhat clever, where where Seth throws Rude. I think it was Rude, right? Let me just check my notes real quick here. Um, let me just see. Yeah, okay. So it was uh, like he was, you know, Strowman runs him over, sending Rollins down. And then Strowman gets set down as well. Rude then takes advantage of the chaos, hits the glorious DDT on Rollins and uh, for the pin and wins the championships. So really not surprised that Rollins would be the one that would ultimately suffer the pinfall here. You need to you need to make Strowman look somewhat comfortable going into the Universal title match. It just didn't seem believable that Strowman would eat the pinfall here. It makes more sense that, it makes more sense that Seth would versus Braun. Um, so with that being said, uh, the only thing that was really kind of bummer was that there was more conflict. You know, I, I told you guys numerous times, both on last week's raw review, as well as the, uh, the preview that the buildup for this universal title match between Strowman and Rollins has been garbage. There's been little to no conflict. I mean, legit little to no conflict. And even after this moment, you think, okay, Strowman hits a running power slam to take advantage to go into the universal title match. I mean, there's ways you could keep him make a look baby face going into it. But I mean, like, that's it. That's it. Like Strowman was very well perceived as just, he is going to be a person of interest in the universal title picture until we can get to October spooky skeleton season month with uh, the fiend coming after uh, Rollins. We pretty much knew, we all knew this, but I just wish they did something else. I mean, yeah, Rude and Ziggler take their titles and they celebrate out with Rube, you know, and then you see Strowman upset and he just kind of shakes his head. He does do an interview right after he blames the, the loss on Seth and he said it would just be like Rollins is going on a losing streak and he's going to continue it and just, but it's just like nothing else. And again, I, I don't want Strowman to turn heel from this whole thing, but like, jeez, you know, but we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to the universal title match. 
Uh, Charlotte Flair versus Bayley for the Women's Championship, SmackDown Women's Championship. This one was just uh, kind of there, but I did love the finish. Um, obviously, with Bayley's question about what, where, what, where she stands with everything, with teaming up with Sasha, defending her, attacking Becky Lynch, um, Flair was kind of a little bit dominant in this matchup, which is not really too surprised, but Bayley did hold her own. Uh, we see Flair focusing on, on Bailey's leg and knee towards the end, and the referee gets in between. Bailey ends up pulling a turnbuckle pad on the bottom turnbuckle while the referee is down when, and talking to Busy with, with, with Charlotte. Charlotte finishes with the referee and goes to grab Bailey, but Bailey pulls her down and hits her head on the exposed turnbuckle and then pins her one, two, three to retain. So even though Bailey is not really necessarily a full fledged heel, um, uh, I mean, at this point, I think she is, <laughs> you know, it'll be curious to see what she does on SmackDown or even to, or even tomorrow on Raw um, to kind of follow this up because now it's OK. Now she's using heel tactics to win matches like I, and, and I know where they're where they're going to go with this, where the idea of, um, you know, Bailey's like, well, Charlotte's been cheating and doing all these crazy stuff for years was, you know, I, I do it. People go oh, gasp and shock. I did what I did to retain the title and to elevate the championship and blah, blah, blah. I'm pretty sure that's where they're going to go with it. So, but we'll see. I did love, though, and I think everybody else did because I saw gifts of it everywhere of Bailey grabbing the title and just bolting the hell out of there, which I can't say I blame her. Cannot say I blame her. But um, interesting finish. But we have, a, we have the, still the same SmackDown Women's Champion, but I cannot say the same for the tag team titles. New Day set to defend against the Revival, and uh, this one was was fun. I was looking forward to this matchup a lot. Um, this one was really interesting. I would say that out of all the tag team matches that we had, this was my favorite, which I kind of assumed would be because when you have, when you have New Day and, and Revival together against each other, they're gonna put in a lot of the, the the effort and really put in some you know attention to detail on certain aspects. It was fun. Um, what really surprised me was the finish in terms of you know um, uh, nailing a shatter machine on Woods. Revival seems more interested in hurting Woods' knee, but before going for a pin, uh, they take the brace off and Dawson applies a submission in the middle of the ring. Referee checks on Woods trying to crawl for the rope. Big E still taken out of the outside, but that's pretty much it. And then he taps out. So the Revival win the SmackDown Tag Team Championships, which, and I'm pretty sure I read about this. You guys can, of course, correct me if I'm wrong. The Revival are the first tag team to ever win the NXT Tag Team, the Raw Tag Team, and the SmackDown Tag Team titles. Of course, if you're trying to keep track of what's going down with the whole freaking draft and the brand extension now, you would write to be confused at the fact that the Revival are, technically speaking, a Raw Tag Team. Which means that a Raw tag team won the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. I try not to think about it because, thank goodness, they announced the whole draft is happening on the second SmackDown on Fox. Thank God. Because otherwise, keeping track of this whole wild card rule crap is just absolutely insane. I mean, it was kind of a predisposition. You would think, oh, well, the guys from the other brand aren't going to win their titles, but here's a case in point right here. Um... I thought I was a little worried that with with New Day losing the tag team titles the way they did, uh, that this would mean that they're going to start doing the split up because, of course, Kofi's defending against Randy Orton. Obviously, not that being the case, as we're going to talk about that a little later on. Uh, but I did really like this match, D Dosh, uh, Dash and Dawson. Um, of course, you have a little cute little promo afterwards saying that they, you know, the the old school beat the New Day, and um, but I did I did like this one. 
Especially the way they treated Biggie, they isolated him a lot, which I thought was very clever. It was a very, like, psychologically, it was probably my favorite, one of my favorite matches of the whole show. So kudos to the revival, but try not to think about the whole idea of, like, the brand split and, like, the, uh, the, the wild card rule, because then your brain, you're gonna, you're gonna get a nosebleed, is what's gonna happen. You're gonna get a nosebleed, probably like me. Um, but let's give some love to the chat real quick, real fast here. Um, we've got here, um, Irish Dave Dotry in the chat. Of course, we've also got um, Honey Goat. What's going on, Honey Goat? Uh, by the way, if you guys love that, go check out their channel. They have a ton of cool content between wrestling talk, gameplay. I actually teamed up with a good friend of Canadian Basement and did a fun little uh, thing with Mario Maker 2. Trust me, I think you want to go check that out. It's fun. It's fun because I'm not playing it and poor Basement gets uh, absolutely uh, slaughtered and um, frustrated. But yeah, we got Gorilla Strong also joining us. What's going on, Gorilla Strong? Um, best matchup was a women's raw. Not going to disagree with you on that one. Uh, let's see what we got here. AJ relegated pre-show NWA WCW knew how to book the U S title in better spots to be not so much. Very true. Um, let's see what we got here. We got renegade Joe Compton. What's up, Joe? Um, let's see what we got here. I'm trying to keep track of everybody we got going on here. Got to give love to the chat here. Um, and Vintage Dreams also on that channel as well, so make sure you check that out. And uh, no need to thank me, Gorilla. We got Sarah was also uh, Sarah. Oh, gallbladder surgery. I hate to hear that. Um, so sorry, Sarah. Um, I think I'm catching up now. Let's see here. Alexa Bliss has Harley Quinn tonight. Yeah, yeah, she did. Uh, the big Strowman. <laughs> well, well, it's the Strowman. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much it's very accurate. But yeah, we're gonna call Team uh, Rude and Ziggler Rudolph because that just makes sense. Uh, let's see what we got here. I think I caught up with everybody here in the chat. Let's keep on rolling um, with the, uh, the the women's tag team titles. Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville versus Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. I appreciate them trying. I don't want to sound like a jerk, but it just, that matchup really didn't do a whole lot for me. Although it was entertaining to see R-Truth get in the middle of the ring while running from, uh, from people trying to cash in on the 20, or rather try to attempt to win the 24-7 title. Which, by the way, I will admit was a cute backstage segment. If you missed it, basically Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss are doing an interview. Our truth is holding the boom mic, and they pan back, and she's talking to him, and he pull, she pulls the boom mic down and says, Our truth's on the set. Go after him with a referee if you want the title. And he's like, You sneaked! And then just took off. So you knew there was going to be some sort of shenanigans. Alexa actually even tried to pin Our truth in the middle of the match, but failed. They roll out, and that's pretty much all she wrote. Um, Nikki Cross actually getting the victory here over uh, on Rose. Uh, and the pin to retain the title. I felt like Nikki looked the strongest out of all four. Uh, I think Sonya got some better uh, time in the matchup, but truth be told, just really... Eh, like it wasn't anything special about this one either, you know? This felt like just, oh, by the way, here's a match for you. That's pretty much all, all she wrote, but... Anyway, we move on to the Intercontinental title match as we have uh, The Miz against Shinsuke Nakamura. Now, this one obviously had uh, a little bit more of uh, time and effort put into it. And I will say that Miz uh, definitely, the matchup was better than I anticipated. But it's still not saying much because unfortunately, and I just hate saying this, the, the Miz, I don't like Miz's baby face anymore. And it's funny, and it's sad because Miz, or rather, excuse me, Corey Graves said something on commentary that I didn't think I was gonna, I didn't think I was gonna approve of or or, or agree with. But yeah, I, I do. When was the last time Miz had a had a big time win? He hasn't really in a long ass time, and it sucks because I like Miz. 
I think the babyface run is a neat experiment, but I'm sorry. He is so much better as a heel. Sami Zayn, by the way, on the microphone, like cheering on Shinsuke, getting his mic cut off, and then Miz throwing the mic, I thought was pretty damn funny. I'm not going to lie. But yeah, you can only you can only deal with that for so long. But Sami Zayn is a fantastic heel. Um, I love the red cape on Nakamura, and I think that's pretty much all I'm going to say about this match. <laughs> um, Nakamura getting the victory after uh, he brings Miz in back to ring after hitting him. Uh, with a big kick to the face at ringside. Then it hits the Kinsasha for the pin to retain. Nakamura stands tall as his music hits. Sammy comes in to join him and get replays. Nakamura raises the title as the referee checks on Miz at ringside. Sammy and, and Nakamura, of course, hug it out. Again, just sort of put together. We have no one here. Oh, by the way, Nakamura's champion. We need to have some sort of opponent. Like, it just, it just, it just, again, black. We need something. And that's kind of where things fall apart. However, the best matchup of the evening definitely goes to the Raw Women's title, which is uh, Sasha Banks versus Becky Lynch. I almost said Becky Banks versus uh, Sasha Lynch, which would have made no effing sense. Um, this one was a very beat-em-up, rough-and-tumble, technical ground-and-pound match that I was not expecting. I knew Becky had that in her. I knew Sasha had that in her. But I didn't expect it from, from her. Sasha, fantastic shape. Fantastic performance. Loved everything about this. And I especially loved the finish. I know I've been saying that a lot. But hey, listen. Good finishes are hard to find. There's a, there's a dirty joke in there somewhere. But hey, good finishes are hard to find. Great. I'm going to get that clip that I have that replayed as a gif over and over again. But you know what? It's worth it. So the, the reason I liked it is because we see um, a lot of back and forth. A lot of, of strength from both of them. Um, we see Becky try to get, uh, we see Sasha hitting the bank statement. Becky gets the ropes. Banks, uh, slams Becky's arm over the top rope. Banks slides in a steel chair. She grabs another one while the referee's dealing with the first and shoves it in Becky's face as she approaches. Referee turns around after Banks uses the chair and counts as she sends Becky back in with a knee strike for a two. Referee stops Banks from swinging a chair though, but the referee argues with Sasha now. And then Becky comes from behind and swings the same chair, but Sasha moves and Lynch hits the referee with a chair shot. This leads, of course, to Lynch chasing Banks through the crowd up in the stairs, uh, still dominating. Lynch unloads on the stairs with right hands. Then Becky with a disarmor on the stairs as Banks taps out. Banks then uh, rocks Becky and tries to make it up the stairs, but Becky chill chases her. They fight in the concession stands. Uh, Banks uh, Becky pours uh, sends Banks down and pours mustard and cheese on her. Becky sends uh, Sasha into the wall and back out in the crowd, then brings Banks down the stairs in the ringside area, fights back on the stairs, turns it back around and brings Banks over the barrier. Rams uh, ba Banks then comes back, rams Becky back into the barrier, say that three times fast, and then the referee's still down from the ring of the chair shot. Of course, Banks launches Becky in the barrier again, and then, of course, Graves says over the mic that, of course, the match is officially over, as you would think, after doing all that craziness. So, technically speaking, uh, Sasha Banks wins by disqualification, which just leads the door, of course, wide freaking open for the rematch next month at Hell in the Cell. But after the decision, Banks brings Becky back in, and of course, with the steel chair. She swings the chair, but Becky kicks her in the gut and she drops it. Becky grabs the chair and unloads chair shots to Banks' back, reminiscent of what uh, Bailey did to her a few weeks ago. Becky stands the chair up and slams Banks, fakes into it several times, puts her in the disarmor as she does it through the chair. Banks screams out in pain, but of course, the officials come in to break it up. Fans are booing. Officials check on Banks, but Becky just wants the, her title before she leaves. Gets it, and of course, makes her exit. Rome announces that Becky was decreased. DQ'd for hitting the ref. Um, Rome, Rome announced Becky is still the champion and raises it, but of course that means that uh, Banks is technically the winner. 
Now this I love. I love this for so many reasons because you have, of course, a pretty solid reason for, you know, to get the heat. You have solid reasons for continuing this whole thing. Uh, it's just a win across the board, in my opinion. This was probably the best matchup, like I said, in in the whole thing. Um, it was well-balanced, rough-and-tumble, brawling. The finish was, was great. Um, I love the idea of them brawling through. I wish that maybe we've seen something in terms of the uh, the 24-7 championship. But uh, still a fun matchup in and all of itself. But, uh, oh, cheese it was. Yeah, I, I guess it was cheese. I had to double-check and do my... I knew it was mustard and something, but I couldn't really tell. But uh, loved it. It leaves the door wide open for a rematch. Wouldn't be surprised if we see Sasha and Becky inside Hell in a Cell. That'd be kind of a quick little jump. And, uh, by the way, I will be discussing the whole Sasha Banks documentary over on Patreon. If you guys want to check that out very, very soon. So I got some cool Patreon stuff dropping very soon. So make sure you check out patreon.com slash okfabe. Coming at you very soon with some new exclusive goodies, so make sure you check that out. Um, but yeah, definitely the best matchup of the evening. Rematch time from SummerSlam. It's Randy Orton or Randall Keith taking on Kofi Kingston for the WWE Championship. I will say this, that I felt like this matchup was uh, a huge improvement over their last matchup uh, at SummerSlam. I felt like the SummerSlam... There are no chair shots to the head. But in Becky versus Trasha, there are headshots to the chair. Oh, I was hoping it was to do the lull thing, but yes, Spaz, thank you for dropping that $5 donation. There are no chair shots to the head, but you can take the head to the chair. Yes, there's loopholes, folks. There's always loopholes. Uh, Orton versus Kofi round two was definitely, um, was definitely an improvement over the SummerSlam matchup, which I just felt was kind of there. This one at least had some more... Uh, you know, personality, more build to it. I'd say, I dare say that this might be the best built-up match out of all of them in the entire card. Um, yeah, I think that's a safe statement to say, although Roman versus Eric definitely, you know, exceeded expectations in a lot of ways. But it wasn't still anything that made me go, wow! Like, I was expecting really something, like, crazy insane. Um, this also went a different direction that I was really scratching my head over. So, I told you guys that, you know... I wouldn't be surprised if Kofi and Orton could have a very solid feud going all the way to Hell in a Cell. I keep bringing up Hell in a Cell because Hell in a Cell is like only like three weeks away. It's not that long away. I think I could be wrong, but let me just see here. Uh, one, two, yeah, it's basically like three weeks away until we get to Hell in a Cell. So there's, there's probably going to be a good chunk of rematches from Clash of Champions tonight for Hell in a Cell. And I wouldn't be surprised if this one was on here, but the but the build for this has been just so ass backwards so remember SummerSlam it was the match was thrown out then Kofi gets essentially a clean win tonight because there was no interference from uh no interference from Revival at all it was just Kofi and Orton one-on-one -on -one, which I'm kind of glad I you know and I love the team uh FTRKO but really I was I was hoping that Revival wouldn't interfere in this whole thing but Kofi gets a clean win over Orton and then like where do we go from here like it, it just it's very bizarre um that being said, finish, of course, Orton goes for a uh, um, second rope DDT and nails it. Uh, stands over Kofi, taking his time. He drops down and pounds on the mat. Kofi blocks the RKO. Orton rolls up for a two count. Uh, Orton rolls into a kick to the face. Orton turns around and nails RKO out of nowhere. Orton covers uh, Kofi, but, of course, Kofi gets his foot on the rope. Some fans boo, and Orton just absolutely bewildered. Orton drags Kofi to the corner and talks some trash. Orton backs up for the punt kick, but Kofi moves out of the way. Kofi ducks a clothesline, hits the travel paradise, and gets the victory here. I uh, I was kind of... I'm not trying to say this because I hate Kofi. I kind of wish they would bring back the punt kick. 
you know, they, they, they've teased it so many times, but I can't remember legitimately the last time they executed it. And I know they never will. I know damn well they will never bring that back because of the concussion protocol and all that stuff. And, I mean, I think they tried that once with, with Orton where he tried to do a punt kick and, like, do it on his shoulder. And it, just, it looked... It looked horrible. Like, like he tried to, like, not hit them directly in the head and hit them off the side. It was just horrific looking. So I know they'll never do it, but then stop teasing it, you jerk. But maybe he's a heel. He can get away with anything he wants. But definitely an improvement over their SummerSlam match, but still nothing to go like, wow. But again, I think this might be the end of the road for Kofi because they did a promo teaser on, on Twitter afterwards saying he's ready for the next challenger. Um, don't know where to go from here. I could have sworn Randy was going to win this one and maybe they'll go on to hell in a cell after. But it makes me think now that maybe Mr. Kofi Kingston Mann, the Mr. Prince of Positivity, might have a new challenger on the horizon. So I wonder who it would be. I'd love to hear your thoughts on who you think maybe would be the next challenger for Kofi Styles. Make sure you hit me up in the comments on the social media. I'd love to know who you think might be the next challenger for Kofi's title over on SmackDown. Once we figure out what's going down with SmackDown with this whole draft scenario thing, so the craziness. But Anyway, after the bell, Kofi takes the title and celebrates his New Day's music hits. Go to replay, and Kofi, of course, exit with the championship. The no DQ match between Eric Rowan and Roman Reigns uh, was definitely, well, uh, kind of what I expected. It was a much longer match than I expected. Uh, but then again, considering that the main event was the Universal Championship match, I was very happy that this at least got a uh, middle-of-the-road one. I was very glad for Eric Rowan. I know the crowd really didn't react much for Eric, which is a shame because... You know, he can do a pretty damn good job when he wants to. And then, like I said in the preview, I was kind of just glad in general that he had an opportunity to be in this, like, high-profile match. And not only that, he gets a win over Roman Reigns. Shock and awe on that one. But what's even more of a shock and awe, a shock and awe, like I'm a pirate, shock and awe, was, was more than a shock and awe was how he did it. I think that Rowan definitely put on a solid performance. Again, I'm not saying that this was anything too wowing. But I did love how they were going all over the place. There was a lot of uh, like just like brutal moments. But of course, the finish um, with with Eric, with Luke Harper showing up put the biggest smile on my face. Put the biggest smile on my face. Rowan uh, talking trash scoops Roman on his shoulders, and he goes to carry Reigns over and drop him on the stage as they're brawling out in the stage side area. Uh, Rowan grabs the the jib camera like he did on Raw. Looks like he's gonna throw it at him. Uh, Reigns grabs the jib camera and then this time uses it on Rowan, sending it to him. But Reigns with another shot to the face with the jib cam. Reigns in charges and nails the Superman punch, knocking Rowan down the ramp. He goes to uh, Reigns goes back to the stage and runs down the length of the ramp for a big spear. But Luke Harper appears out of nowhere and just boots him right in the face. Harper and Rowan, of course, embrace at ringside. They uh, bring Reigns into the ring and continue to destroy him after taking him out at ringside. Rowan then delivers another iron claw and covers Reigns to get the win. And the Bludgeon Brothers stand tall as we uh, as we go. I would definitely watch this matchup again. This one was just fun because, uh, like I said, fresh blood in the, involved in the whole thing, and we see a lot of um, a lot of impressive stuff from Rowan. I'm not saying that he's the greatest technical person, or the most like athletic or agile person, but again, new face involved with Roman in the main event scene makes me a happy person and what makes me even happier is to see Luke Harper in the mix because I was you guys have probably heard the rumors about Luke Harper not being involved with anything asking for his release so to not only see him back on main TV teaming with Rowan it really makes me question what the hell is going to go on here like is Daniel Bryan possibly still involved I think that the finish raised more questions Eric getting a victory over Roman Reigns on a pay-per-view win 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 you have my complete interest in this one even though the match may not have been like you know Dave Meltzer five-star rating, you've got my curiosity enough to see where this is going to go. So kudos to them on that one.
Finally, in the main event, we've got, of course, the Universal Championship match between Braun Strowman and Seth freaking Rollins. Um, this one was uh, all over the place. And what was interesting, even more so, was uh, the idea of Strowman trying to do a frog splash. Weird. Um, Strowman, of course, dominates for the most part. Uh, with a lot of moves, with Rollins trying to slide out and using, of course, his agility. Strowman continues to dominate. He misses and 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 uh, Rollins counters. Uh, Rollins goes for a dive, but Strowman fights. Rollins uh, Rollins ends up placing Strowman on the Spanish announce table. Rollins goes to the top, but Strowman runs back up and cuts him off and just kind of pushes him off. Uh, what really scared me, like I said, was that splash. So Strowman's on top of the turnbuckle and leaps going for a splash, but then Strowman clutches his knee and selling an injury because he can only do a, a two-count cover. Uh, Strowman stumbles and scoops Rollins, but Rollins turns it into a sleeper. Strowman fades and Rollins brings him down to his knee, but Strowman overpowers him, sends him to the mat. We see a lot more attempts and uh, near falls here and there. Rollins goes for another curb stomp on Strowman, but he counters it and scoops him from a running slam. Strowman's knees go out during the power slam, which I thought was clever. Rollins takes advantage and counters, then nails a pedigree. I haven't seen him do that one in a while in the middle of the ring. Rollins immediately follows up with another stomp. Rollins covers for the pin to retain the Universal Championship. I guess it's not so much that I thought the matchup was bad. It just again the whole idea of like they lost the they lost the tag team titles in the beginning of the night. Strowman's upset. Um, I think the knee thing was kind of clever. You have to do something to make Rollins to get the advantage over Strowman. Um, I don't know. I just I felt like there was more that could have been done. There I feel like there was so much more that could have been done. I thought the match was bad. I'd argue to say that it was probably one of the the better Strowman singles matches we've seen in a long ass time. But just. It just felt off-putting. Like, it was just very weird. Like, there was a piece of it missing. Um, but not bad either way. But Rollins retaining, not really much of a shock. Rollins stands tall with the title as his music hits. Of course, then we hear The Fiend is here. Uh, we see The Fiend holding Rollins on the stage. The Fiend then drops him with the Sister Abigail as the lights keep flickering back and forth. Lights go out after the Sister Abigail. And they come back on and see Wyatt holding Rollins, like cuddling and cradling him. Then they start flickering as he brings Rollins back down with a mandible claw. And then screams and laughs as we see Wyatt's laugh uh, blaring across the arena close out the show which of course pop the hell out of me looks like we are getting the fiend versus the uh the beast slayer one-on-one for the universal title very near soon <laughs> i just decided to almost do a scooby-doo like laugh but hey that's how it goes so overall clash of champions like i said was a very middle of the road show it wasn't anything too out uh, super crazy uh not to be confused with the wrestler but still was a pretty solid show overall. I think that, again, the biggest detractor of this was the lack of build, specifically when it came to the Universal Championship. The WWE title was a mediocre match for the most part, definitely improvement over SummerSlam, but the build going into it was definitely, uh, well, definitely hurting the Universal title versus the WWE. At least that one had some really solid traction, even though we're butchering up a, uh, well, a petty rivalry from about 10 years ago. Stupid, stupid, stupid. But... Rollins versus Strowman, I think, was a little bit of a better match. It's just that it was hard for me to invest when there wasn't really much conflict between the two. Strowman was pissed off that Rollins... We've seen Strowman getting pissed off for a lot more less things. So to have him not flip out over this, kind of weird, kind of odd. Um, middle of the road matches were kind of, you know, we had the, the cruiserweight title match, the U S title match were pretty solid for kickoff shows. I see was, a, was probably black, but as far as the other ones, definitely recommend checking out Becky Lynch and Sasha for the women's title and definitely watching the SmackDown tag team title match between New Day and Revival, if you're going to watch any of them in particular. 
Um, but that's just my opinion, guys. I want to hear what you guys have to say about all this. Let me know your thoughts about Clash of Champions. Hit me up in the comment section. Hit me up on social media, the Twitter, the Facebook, the Instagram, all that fun jazz. Uh, we're wrapping up things a little early this evening for the Random Wrestling Podcast. Um, but I appreciate all your continued love and support. Um, I see all the people still chiming in in the chat real quick. Let me just take a look. we got Daniel Price, Lone Wolf, Strowman doing a splash from top rope. Strowman's pushing the main roster. Not wrong on that one. Not wrong. We got Red Enigma also saying, I agree. Simultaneously, I have to admit, while the buildups have been largely pretty shitty, I feel like they're slowly but surely trending in the in the correct direction. That might be it too, uh, Red Enigma. That's actually a very good point. You know, with the changes of the executive directors, there might be an opportunity where they might change things up and they're trying to like, they have to finish things up because when you have somebody take over creative immediately, it's not like an instant switch. You have to finish up stuff that's going on and like kind of steer it in the right direction. So there's that too. But overall, I'd say I would rank a Clash of Champions maybe a 6.5 out of 10, maybe a 6. Uh, decent in-ring work. Build could be lacking, but I'm certainly excited about a certain fiend. Oh, and definitely check out Rowan versus Roman Reigns match. Fun, especially for the end surprise that I already spoiled. Sorry. Anyway, thank you guys again for tuning in. I appreciate the continued love and support. Wrapping up things here early. We'll be back tomorrow with the, random, with the, the OK Fave Show, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, talking the fallout of Clash of Champions, previewing Raw, and some other interesting tidbits in between. Thank you guys again for tuning in. I appreciate the continued love and support. Take care, and as always, take it easy. <laughs>